Hello, this is Pastor Marty Macedo from Fellow Helpers Ministries, bringing you another podcast from the Pastor's Study. Biblical lessons in the battlefield of life from a retired pastor of 45 years who was saved after serving as a Staff Sergeant Airborne Ranger in Vietnam. My testimony is shared in podcast number one. It is my desire to share with you lessons the Lord has taught me over my years of living as a Christian and serving as a pastor. These podcasts are intended to whet your appetite for further personal Bible study. They'll be short, 20 to 30 minutes, and having your Bible and something to jot down notes might be helpful. If you have any questions, you can contact me by email, masitofhm, for Fellow Helpers Ministries, at gmail.com, m-a-s-i-t-t-o-f-h-m, at gmail.com. The title of our Bible study today is, Turn In Thither from 2 Kings chapter 4 and verses 8 to 10. The beginning of a new year is a great time to review our priorities. Where does personal Bible study fall on your list of priorities? Biblical literacy is at an all-time low, and what can we do to raise the grade in our own lives? I believe 2 Kings chapter 4 verses 8 to 10 gives us the answer. Let's find out first by reading, have a word of prayer, and then take a look at the passage. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shinnom, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which patheth byeth continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, a table, a stool, a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for the example of Elisha, and thank you for what the great woman of Shinnom perceived in him and what she set up for him to help him in his own personal Bible study. And we pray as we look through this passage that it would stir our hearts to that end too. In Jesus' name, amen. I mentioned a moment ago in my introductory statement that Bible literacy is at an all-time low. I just read an article about that last week, and I'm not going to take time to quote it to you or give you the statistics of it, because I think it's something we're all fairly obvious of. Bible literacy is at an all-time low. Um, there's a need for us to exercise personal Bible study to gain an understanding of the Word of God that will help us to grow spiritually. I want to give you seven points in the way of introduction from a great Bible teacher, Wilbur M. Smith. Wilbur M. Smith was known for his study of the Bible and his teaching of the Bible, and he wrote an article at one time, and it was titled, Seven Great Things the Study of the Bible Will Do for Us. Seven Great Things the Study of the Bible Will Do for Us. And let's take a look at these seven points in the way of introduction. I'll just give them to you and the reference and give you at least a portion of the verse. What we see in these seven points is number one, discovers and convicts us of sin. Discovers and convicts us of sin. When we study the Bible, we see Hebrews uh, chapter 4 and verse 12 come to focus in our life. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, 
piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and of the excuse me, of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Bible study discovers and convicts us of sin. The second thing is it cleanses us from the pollutions of sin. Psalm 119, verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to his word. The third thing is, Bible study imparts strength. John chapter 1, verse 1, Exodus chapter 12. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Number four, Bible study instructs us in what we are to do. Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27 talks about the wise man that built his house upon a rock and the foolish man that built his house upon the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and the house that was built upon the rock stood. But the house that built upon the sand fell, and great was the fall thereof. We also note that Bible study provides us with a sword for the victory over sin, Ephesians 6, 17. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We notice also, number six, Bible study makes our lives fruitful. Psalms chapter one, verses one through three read, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be, verse 3, like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. And then we note number seven, Bible study gives us power to pray. We notice in John chapter 15, for example, verse seven, this instruction. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, that's what personal Bible study does. Ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. So in the way of introduction, and to whet our appetite in regard to the subject of Bible study and this first podcast of a new year, we take a look at these seven great things the study of the Bible will do for us from Wilbur Smith. Discovers and convicts us of sin. Cleanses us from the pollutions of sin. Imparts strength instructs us in what we are to do, provides us with a sword for the victory over sin, makes our lives fruitful, and number seven, gives us power to pray. Certainly we can see in this list that Bible study is very important for the Christian to be able to grow and live the life that Christ desires for him to live. Now with that mind, we're going to an Old Testament passage that we read a little bit ago, 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. And as I look at this passage of scripture, I recognize, first of all, that we need a place for personal Bible study. And then secondly, we're going to take a look at an outline for a pattern for personal Bible study. First of all, regarding a place for personal Bible study. You'll notice that Elijah here is entertained by this great woman of Shunem. And you'll notice something very interesting in verse 9. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is an holy man of God. 
And the key to that phrase is, I perceive that this is a holy man of God. Now, the idea of the word perceive means this, to become aware of or conscious of something, to come to the realization or understanding of something. And this woman, this great woman of Shunem, she recognized that she perceived in Elisha that he was a man of God. And in regard to her perceiving that, she recognized that this man of God needed certain things for him to continue to walk with God and be a blessing to people. And what were they? Well, we find it in verse 10. She says to her husband, let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. This woman recognized that Elisha, as a man of God, needed a place to retreat to, to be able to get rest and to be able to recharge spiritually, to be able to engage in the work that God wanted him to engage in. And she set this up in this fashion. First of all, there's a little chamber. That's the idea of a quiet place. Secondly, there was a bed. That's the idea of rest. Thirdly, we can link together a table and a stool. That's a place to sit and the focus. And then fourthly, a lampstand, that is to have the proper light to not tire the eyes and be able to see. When this woman recognized or perceived that Elisha was a holy man of God, she knew he needed a quiet place, a place where he can rest, a place where he can sit and study, a place where he could see so that he would be refreshed and be able to keep his fellowship up with the Lord and be able to keep engaged in the ministry that God asked him to do. Now, that's just not for preachers and that's just not for teachers, although they need to put that as a major priority and spend a large portion of the ministry time doing that. But this is for everyone. If we want to be perceived aware a conscious of something. We want to be perceived realization or understanding of something, of being holy men and holy women of God. We've got to have that quiet place where we can go rested and study and see what God has to reveal to us through his word. We can get it secondhand through the preaching of the word of God. We can get it secondhand through listening to broadcast or even podcasts. But for us to be able to really grasp what God wants us to do and to really focus in our life so that he can do what he wants to do through us, we've got to recognize the need to have a place to study. Not so we can preach messages, not so we can write books or things of that nature, but just that we can have time with God so that he can work in us, that people can see Christ in us and perceive that we are men and women of God. I would ask you this question as we take a look at this first point, the place to study, and we see here that Elisha was provided a place to do that very thing. I would ask you, do you have a place to study? Too often we try to do it, for example, on the fly. Maybe we're riding in the car and we listen to a message on a, on a tape or we listen to some scripture reading on tape, which is not wrong in itself. Don't get that. We maybe are waking up in bed and sitting in bed and reading something, or maybe when we're going to bed at night, we read a chapter and drift off to sleep. Those aren't necessarily wrong, but they're not going to build the quality of biblical literacy 
they're not going to build that depth in our spiritual lives that's going to help us be perceived as men and women of God. The more, in essence, we eat, the stronger we're going to be. The more we exercise, in essence, the stronger we're going to be. And we need to take time to slip into a quiet place and time to be rested when we do so and time to sit and to study and time to see light what God wants us to do. So I would ask you that question in this new year as you think about setting up priorities. Do you have a place to study? Do you want to make personal Bible study a key in your life that men and women can perceive in you that you are a holy man or woman of God. It's very important when we talk about this subject because one of the first things that comes up is this. People say, well, I really want to do that, but I really don't have the time. Well, let's think about that for a moment. A number of years ago, my daughter started her career in the hotel industry, and she was starting to budget her money and see how she was spending her money. And I encouraged her to take a little notebook and write every day every penny that she spent. And at the end of the month, add up the money and see where her money was going. She thought at first that that was a bit silly, but she went ahead and did it. And you know what happened? She realized that there were a number of areas that she was wasting her money. And she realized that it was foolish for her to do that. And she trimmed those areas out of her life, modified those areas, and as a result, was able to manage her money much better. Time is like that. And if I were to ask you, why are you not having or why are you not going into a place for Bible study like Elijah did? Remember, the key is here, he turned in thither, verse 10. All these preparations were made for him. There was the little chamber. There was the bed. There was the table and stool. There was the candlestick. Everything was set. But he, verse 10, when he cometh unto us, that he shall turn in thither. And he had to turn in thither. In fact, verse 11 says that, which we've not read yet. It says, And it fell on a day that he came thither and turned into the chamber and lay there. He took advantage of the place that was prepared for him to have personal Bible study. So when I gave that illustration about how my daughter managed her money, I think that's a good illustration of how we might want to think about managing our time. Maybe we need to pull a little notebook out and put it in our pocket and write what we do every day and how long we do it. And then at the end of the month, add it up and look and say, wait a minute, I've spent so much time on this that matters so little, and I spent so little time on that which matters so much, which would be, of course, personal Bible study. Time for us to sit before the Lord with our Bibles open, time for us to pray without distraction, time for us to fellowship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who has saved us from our sin and seeks to live within us day by day. So we've seen, number one, a place to study. But I want to note also in our lesson today, a pattern for study, a pattern for study. And there's four things I think we need to look at here. Number one, when we go to do personal Bible study, I think that, first of all, we need to read carefully. And the way we read carefully goes back to what we've already covered, having that place that we can step into and study the Word of God. 
I know that uh, some of you have studies in your home. I know that some of you have a certain spot in your home. I know that many of us have where our family knows where we're going to be at a certain time for our personal Bible study. Those all can vary. I mean, it can be a closet. It can be a kitchen table. It could be an actual study itself. It could be a number of other places. But the important thing is to recognize a place that you can go and spend time studying the Word of God. And when you do it, you need to read carefully. You don't need distractions. The phones need to be shut off and the, and the distractions need to be put away. Even if you're going to study in your office or in your study, try to make sure your desk is cleared off so there aren't things attracting your attention like, oh, that's a project I got to do and that's a message I got to prepare, whatever. It'll distract you. I, I believe when, the, when Elisha went into this little chamber and he got his rest and he sat at the table and stool with the candlestick, he was focused on one thing, and that was spending time with the Lord. And we need to do that too. We need to read the Word of God carefully without distraction in some quiet place. The second thing I think in the way of a pattern for study is this. We need to read habitually. We need to read habitually. What I mean by that? Well, all that Elijah was provided with would not have done him much good except that he turned into the chamber. Verse 11, that's what we read a moment ago. And it fell on a day that he came thither and turned into the chamber and lay there. We too may have the perfect place. We talked about a few little ideas a moment ago to read and study the word of God. But if we do not set a time to use it, we'll no doubt never get around to using it. And as a result, we're going to find ourselves lacking in personal Bible study. We're going to find ourselves lacking in biblical literacy. We're going to find our testimony for the Lord not being so perceived as a man or woman of God, but actually weakening. Set a time for your Bible reading and prayer for the Lord in meeting each day. You need the Lord's help in meeting each day. And the Bible reading and prayer gives you that help. So we read carefully. Number two, in the way of a pattern, we read habitually. Number three, in the way of a pattern, I believe we read repeatedly. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, very few of us understand the word of God with only one reading. It will be a good practice for us to read books of the Bible or sections of books, of bigger books of the Bible at one sitting. Uh, smaller books can be read at one sitting. Uh, larger books are always broken down if you have a good study resource or a good study Bible to show you how they're broken down. And the interesting thing is you can read something one time and then read it a second time and then read it a third time. And each time you read it, it'll become clearer to you. You'll begin to understand it better. You'll begin to know it better. What, what I personally like to do, and I know my wife likes to do this also, is I like to, when I read a chapter, read that chapter repeatedly and look for that one thought for the day that the Lord wants to bring to my attention. And I mark that in my Bible. I will actually draw a line under it and that'll be a reminder for me. If I'm reading on my iPad, which I often do, or my Kindle because the print is bigger, my eyesight isn't as good as it used to be, uh, I will actually read the verses and then I will highlight verses and then I will take the verses that I highlighted and record them in a journal or I can look back through them later 
and recognize what the Lord had stand out to me on that certain day. But you don't get that if you just read it one time and run off. You've got to read it repeatedly and go over it again and again. It gives you the idea of what the drift of the subject is or what the drift of the passage is and helps open up your mind to the thrust of that passage and the context of that verse that you're looking at. And that's all a blessing when you read repeatedly. Let me give you an illustration of this. When I was in Vietnam, we did not have any way to communicate except through letters and through little, little tiny cassette tapes. They, well, they weren't even cassettes. They were reel-to-reel tapes. Maybe some of you remember those old recorders, and uh, you had that little reel of tape that you stuck in one end and ran the tape to the head of the uh, recorder and ran it to the other end and made your tape, and then you'd send it off, and, and they'd send one back. It was very, very awkward and very inconvenient for sure. The thing I liked best were the letters. I wasn't too good at writing letters to my wife, but my wife was really good at writing letters to me. And I guarantee you, when I came back from mission to the base camp and my mail was waiting for me and I got into my private quiet place in my hooch, I would not read that letter one time or even two times, but I would read it repeatedly. And every time I read it, I would see something new and fresh and encouraging. And, uh, and I loved getting those letters and reading them repeatedly. Well, the Bible's like that, folks. We read it carefully. We make sure we're in a place where we can focus our attention on what we're reading. We read it habitually. We make a practice of it. We do it again and again and again, not just once every couple of weeks or something. And we read it repeatedly. We just look for the treasures to flow out of that chapter that can be a blessing and encouragement to our heart. But there's a fourth thing we want to note. Not only read it carefully, read it habitually, read it repeatedly, but then we talk about reading it prayerfully. I'm going to have you turn to 1 Timothy, if you have your Bible in front of you, and look at chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 13 through 16. Some of you may have thought I was going to tell you to go to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That's a wonderful passage of scripture talking about the inspiration of the Bible and again emphasizing to us why we need to take personal Bible study time. But I would rather emphasize at this moment second or first Timothy and chapter four and verses thirteen through sixteen as we talk about reading the Bible prayerfully. Listen to what it says, and actually let's get a running start by reading verse twelve of first Timothy chapter four. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. If I can stop there for a moment, I might say this. Let people perceive that you're a holy man or woman of God. Even if you're young or whether you're old, let people perceive it. And let them see in word and in conversation, which is lifestyle and in charity, it's love and in spirit and faith and purity. And how are they going to see it? Well, let's take a look. Verse 13. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, 
to doctrine. We've already talked about that. Read carefully, read habitually, read repeatedly, and read prayerfully. You're not going to know the Word of God unless you're reading the Word of God. Notice verse 14. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. This is Timothy now as a pastor, minister of the Word of God. And here's our second step in regard to this prayerfully. Meditate upon these things and, and give thyself wholly unto them that thy profiting may appear unto all. Now, the idea of verse 13 is read it. The idea of verse 15 is meditate or think it over and over. That's the idea, over and over, meditating. And then thirdly, verse 16, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. This point I've given today is read prayerfully. Timothy, the preacher, receives some instruction regarding Bible reading and the study of God's word, which will profit each of us if applied properly. We find these three steps for reading the Bible outlined in this passage. We read it, verse 13. We meditate, verse 15. Think it over and over, and we apply it, verse 16, to yourself and others. This takes the word of God and brings it into our life so that people then perceive that we are men and women of God. You know, it's interesting when we look at this, we saw the introduction, and in the introduction, we saw those seven things that Wilbur Smith said Bible study will do for us. It discovers and convicts us of sin. It cleanses us from the pollutions of sin. It imparts strength to us. It instructs us in what we are to do. It provides us with a sword for the victory over sin. It makes our lives fruitful and gives us power to pray. So we know Bible study and personal Bible study is important. But how do we implement that? Well, number one, we need a place to study. There was a quiet place for Elisha. It had a bed for rest. It had a place to sit and study. It had the lampstand to see. And he turned in thither to that place. We read habitually. We get in the habit of doing it. We make sure we use it. We read repeatedly, not just one time, but over and over to get the drift and the meaning of what we're reading, just like a letter from Vietnam. And we read it prayerfully with the idea that we want to read it so that we can meditate and think it over and over and that we can apply it to our life as well as to the lives of others. Bible literacy is at a low ebb in our day today, but we can raise the grade of it. You know, when I think about this, I think about the illustration. I may have shared this already in a podcast, but it's too good to pass up. And I always think about it the first of the year when I'm thinking about my own Bible study habits and pattern and what my goals are for the year. It was a number of years ago, my little granddaughter, Lexi, up in Pennsylvania, um, we enjoyed Christmas with them. And I was pastoring at that time down in Florida, which was quite a distance away. She didn't quite understand that, actually. One day she said, how far away do you live? She was just a little girl. And I pulled out a map. And I held the map in front of her and I said, okay, you live up here in Pennsylvania and we live down here in Florida. 
She took her fingers and took one finger and put it on Pennsylvania, one finger on Florida, and she said, Poppy, that's not that far. Well, she, <laughs> she didn't understand the concept of map, to be sure. Well, we were getting ready to leave, and I was going to be driving down to Florida. My wife was going to be flying down later. And uh, we used to get her this uh, uh, grape gum, sugarless gum, and it was a treat. She never really got it any other time but when Poppy and Grandma came. And so we had gotten her this grape gum, and she was chewing this grape gum, and I'm packing up these boxes to put in the car to drive down to Florida. And she looked at me with the most sincere expression, and she said, Poppy, do you want me to breathe in this box? So your breath smelled pretty strong of that grape gum. She said, do you want me to breathe into this box, and then you can close it. And when you get to Florida and open it, you'll smell this and think of me. Folks, the Bible is God's breath word to us. God's breathed his word to us. And when we open it, we smell it and we think of him. I am the Bible, God's wonderful library. I'm always and above all the truth. To the weary pilgrim, I'm the strong staff. To the one who sits in darkness, I am glorious light. To those who stumble beneath heavy burdens, I am sweet rest. To him who has lost his way, I am a safe guide. To those who are sick in sin, I am healing strength and forgiveness. To the discouraged, I am a glad message of hope. To those who are distressed and tossed about by the storms of life, I am an anchor, sure and steady. To those who search for salvation, I reveal the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. I am the Bible, God's holy word. The question mark is, are we willing to exercise personal Bible study and turn in thither? To the place that God wants us to set apart for it and follow the pattern that God wants us to follow for it. This has been Pastor, this has been from the Pastor Study with Pastor Martin Macedo. You may email me at Macedo, FHM, at gmail.com, M A S I T T O, FHM, for Fellow Helpers Ministries, at gmail.com. Lord willing, we will post another Bible study next week. And remember, to live a life that reflects the Lord Jesus Christ. Elijah was perceived as a holy man of God. We must consistently strive to raise our level of Bible literacy through personal Bible study. Are you willing to put in the time to raise your grade? I hope so. Thank you for listening and have a great day.